Hey there, all you cuties. It's your good buddy, Colton J. Bazine is here with a new and sensual episode. Coming in hot the the week after Valentine's Day. I guess, yeah, it kind of hits in the middle of the month, doesn't it? It does. Well. How was your Valentine Day, lovers out there? Did you get lucky? Well, I hope you lovers made lots of love and you thought of Eric Spooky Dominguez when you did it. Better have. <laughs> there's no there's no aphrodisiac yet quite like hanging a velvety portrait of Eric Spooky Dominguez above your mantelpiece. Of course. Uh so as you might have guessed, this is your favorite podcast in the world, Too Big to Bail. A po- a podcast where we uh, bring positivity to uh, cinematic viewings of great difficulty, and uh, this week we we kept in our lovely theme of movies about love. And I don't know about you, Eric, but I love love. Oh, you do, do you love- don't you? I do love love, and uh, I love love the TV show. I like love. <laughs> I love love. The TV show. I like love. I don't love love. I love love. Well, it's just saying. You know. I'm in. I'm. In, I'm. I've fallen in like with love. <laughs> and so this week, uh, we both had to watch films about love, uh, and I didn't love mine. So Eric, why don't you talk about yours? Well, Colton, you know, I we spun the we spun the love wheel and we got home fries, which I had home never fries. heard of before. I had also uh, before this this month never heard of it. Um, stars Drew Barrymore, Luke Wilson, mm. and Catherine O'Hare also making a very powerful presence. Is that what we call it? That's what I'm gonna call it. <laughs> she she looms large in this movie. I don't know about that. I don't know. This is one of her bigger characters, I think. Is it? Cool. We watched the same movie. <laughs> I don't know. She's playing it pretty big. She's like, oh, yeah, I think so. Uh, I think that's. I don't know. What do you What are you saying that she kind of? was very in? yeah. Very, I felt very in for me. Wow. And well, just we saying. Couldn't be further from agreement on this. <laughs> uh it was it was written by Vince Gilligan. No, this is uh, this is post Gilligan's Island. of Gilligan's Island and post this is just post uh, X-Files. Well, he hasn't yeah. left the X-Files. No, no, this is this is post the this is 3 years into X-Files, I'm sorry. 3 years okay. into X-Files, we me and Colin came up with a theory that he wrote this before X-Files got greenlit. And as this is when X Files was, I would say, at the height of its popularity or coming to its height. So they said, "Why don't we just sell this movie with your name on it, or why don't we just make this movie with your name on it, and we can make a bunch of money?" Vince Gilligan. He was like, "Okay." I actually uh, looked a little bit further into this after we finished our first conversation, and I found out that this is uh, a screenplay that Vince wrote for a class on screenplay writing. Oh my um, god. <laughs> so I think that he did he did that a mas- and maybe did he do he did a master class he like, did he do a master he like mailed it to himself and then um 
And then when he did kind of get uh, a little more traction because of the X-Files, someone found it and like was like, Vince Gilligan wrote this? Well, shit, yeah, let's make it. He definitely wrote this in a day. <laughs> Max Landis style? Max Landis style, cocaine, some little tequila on the side at the Hollywood Hotel. Little broad in the bed. He just pumped it out a like broad. Like, like he pumped it out person? like make. Yes, Vince Gilligan's wife is a little person. I don't think that's true, and I don't think you can legally. She's say little that. to giants, a little person. She's little to giants in the way we all are. <laughs> We're all little, little, relatively to anything that's bigger. <laughs> well, yeah, we might be hearing that late night energy that we love bringing to these records. <laughs> So Eric, tell me, uh, tell me what the hell Home Fries is about. Well, because the title doesn't grab me. No, the title has nothing to do with the movie. At least I, I, I can't think of anything. Because Home Fries are like a breakfast potato dish. Yeah, like you get like Waffle House and stuff. And and we'll get into it. But Drew Barrymore's character works at a restaurant. I'm sorry, she works at a fast well, food chain. A it's fast not, food chain. And it's not like a breakfast diner. It's not like a Waffle House or anything. It's just like a burger shack in the middle of nowhere. Do you think that maybe it started out as like a more of a diner situation? And so the title made more sense then? I would say, yeah, yeah, I kind of agree with that. Because I could see this going through like a couple rewrites, you know? I guess, but then like... The whole reason that she becomes involved in the plot is because of the radio headset she uses it for the drive through which wouldn't exist at a diner yeah you're right and it, it just kind of to me it feels like it's supposed to be a dairy queen i don't know yeah yeah i think you're definitely right it's supposed to be a dairy queen yeah or or like a burger king because they have like a very specific mascot mm. that is like yeah. recognizable and dairy queen doesn't really have that yeah but uh, this Which movie, is weird. it's this weird. Movie, they, they are called the Dairy Queen. It would make sense if they had a Dairy Queen. Who is the Dairy Queen? There's no Dairy Queen. I know. The Dairy Queen is dead. Dairy Queen, long live the Queen. Long live the Dairy Queen. <laughs> <laughs> so this movie opens up with like a very X Files like opening. Like you could yeah. see, totally see it this like has... on a, one of those weak weeks of the X Files, like oh, yeah, Mulder and Scully. Are... There's even like a point where like the X Files theme could like start playing, yeah. and I would yeah. make it's like oh, okay, this is a secret X Files movie. Yeah. So it opens up with this old with this middle aged man driving up to a to the Burger Matic, the restaurant that Drew Barrymore works at, and one of my saving Supermans is this building. It is a cool looking building. Not the inside. I just like the big. Oh, like the yeah, the like roof. The kind of retro 50s. Yeah, the re- retro fifties. It's, it's a cool building that they found and renovated. Or I don't know what it was, but I liked it. It's a pig. And so this middle-aged man pulls up and he sees Drew Barrymore, and it looks like they know each other, and she's mad at him, and he he gives her a twenty-dollar bill, and she kind of just like scoffs at him. It's clear that this they're is like, dating. They, they are lovers. They are lovers, and and she's pregnant. It's revealed that she is pregnant with his baby, and they kind of both right. know well, this at telling, this point. He's telling her that she's he's uh, told his wife that he's gonna that he was seeing somebody and is going to leave her. Yeah, and he drives off. She's not interested no. until the deed's done. 
Yep. Drives off and he's, he's driving on a dark road and then he he kind of feels like when I first thought I was like, oh, is this going to be some alien, some sort of alien thing? Like, but it turns out to be an Apache helicopter that's chasing him and he tries to outrun it and he's scared shitless. I'm pretty sure he knows it's his eventually that he knows who's piloting this Apache Air oh, helicopter. Think? I think he knew. Because who yeah, else? I guess. Who else, is, who else know, does he yeah. know who flies an Apache helicopter? That's true. He had to have known. Why it. wouldn't? He, there's no point where he seems like he does. He doesn't do like the, a movie character thing that would be like trying to reason with them, which I think yeah. they obviously do because they don't want us to know what's going on. And while they're chasing them, the Apache helicopter pilots are communicating on their radio, and it's interfering with Drew Barrymore's head headset, her drive-through headset. So she's hearing everything that's happening. But she doesn't know. She has no context for it. She's like, someone's on the. It's one of them truckers again. Man, we're picking up their signal she, or yeah, something. How does she sound? Oh, the worst southern accent. She's doing a very fun Southern California version of the southern I don't, accent. I don't know about that. I, like, I don't know. No, no, rain around no, books. I know nothing. I just love. I want to have my baby. And, um,. They they terrorize this guy and he eventually gets out of the car and runs to these weird like amphitheater. Yeah, like that have been more a, a weird like bunch of benches in this field and he's it's sitting in the down. Of a field, yeah. And then the helicopter pilot uh, pilots come down and they they unlock their gun and they pretend like they're gonna shoot him, which they do. They just fire blanks and they fly off. And then next morning. Yeah, the guy hasn't moved, and the police Which is are crazy. there. I, like when those shells, when they eventually like pull the shells out, I'm like, oh, they don't, they don't make blanks of these. I don't think so. I mean, like, I don't know. I'm not some military guy. I'm not so military. I ain't no military may mogul nothing. But they find his body. The cops find his body. He had a heart attack. He was scared shitless. Thought he was gonna die, and he uh, he did. But it. Then we see the who were piloting these hel- this Apache helicopter. It was Luke Wilson and my boy, Jake Busey. Two very large-toothed men. Yes. Busey takes a, takes a cake. He has some... Oh, yeah, sure. Chompers, like, we haven't seen before Are they supposed since... to be twins in this? Are they supposed to yes. be like the same age? They're supposed they're to be like... twin brothers. I think they're fraternal twins. Well, I see why Busey got the Busey got the bigger teeth because he sucked all the calcium away from. <laughs> so, they they uh, they knew that they were getting interference while they were doing this because they could hear Drew Barrymore and her uh, coworker Roy. Is this like the third appearance of Jake Busey in our? In I was we did. I know we he's, did the Jerry he's kind O'Connell of a staple one. of movies like these. Yeah. Uh, we did the Jerry O'Connell movie. The with whole Busey family, yeah. I would say, kind of is gonna pop up time yeah. to time. They, it's weird. They both have one good movie I really like. What's the good one with? with Jake, Jake was in Star Troopers. Mm, I think Jake's got two because I also really like The Frighteners. I never seen it. Oh, you'd love it. It's Peter Jackson. Ooh, I'll watch it. I'll put it on my list. Um, Michael J. Michael Michael J. Michael J's the star. Wow. 
Yeah, you would love it. It's he he plays like a a guy who can see ghosts and uses it to take advantage. He's like what the Ghostbusters are pretty much, but like he actually takes advantage of people until he sees like there's like a serial killer ghost that comes back and is trying to like continue its killing streak. It's fucking wild. It's it's got it's got such a strange energy. I think you would love it. Ooh, man. I see. I'm uh, okay. I'm gonna watch this this week. Watch. Right. Maybe watch it tomorrow. Uh, it's always good good to get one good one in there. So they the those twin brothers they stop at the Burger Matic and they see Drew Barrymore. They kind of try to inquire if she heard anything, and she didn't really give them a straight answer. So we then cut to. Catherine. I, I think I think she said that she heard. Some I heard stuff something, but I really couldn't tell what it was. Right. I don't think she's like. A, I don't. They decide they need to figure out if, any, if there's anything else going on with her, but I don't think she is a perceived threat in any way. I'm apparently someone sees her as a threat later on, but uh, it's that the whole yeah the whole crux of the movie is they think that she might be a threat. So we we see Catherine O'Hare talking. To, uh, I'm sorry, Catherine O'Hare answers the door to the sheriff and he tells her that her husband's dead and she's like oh no my husband my husband is she has like a she's freaking out killed my husband freaking out her sons come home we see that it's Busey and Luke Wilson and then I would say I'm not sure if this is a saving server but a scene that I really enjoyed was Drew Barrymore walking home and she gets picked up by the bus lady who obviously knew her from uh, picking her up as a child in this po-tunk town. Right. But that was a sweet moment. Yeah. This is a kind of common thing with her. She's like incredibly pregnant. She's like... Real pregnant. Like like less than a month away from popping. Yeah. And she doesn't have a car and she walks what what is conservatively 10 miles to her her fast food job every day yeah to and from mm-hmm. she her car broke down so she has to walk and bonkers absolutely bonkers uh then then you see then we then we see that Catherine O'Hare was actually in on the whole scaring the husband thing, and now she's trying to clean well, up. She wanted, she wanted him dead. She wanted him. Oh, uh, she wa- yeah, she wanted him dead. For Here's sure. the thing. I think Not she this wanted way. him dead, but she will. She is at the point now that he is dead. She will never, never say again that that's what she wanted. Yeah. So she's like a very manipulative character. Yeah, she manipulates definitely the Busey. I don't know. I think she manipulates Luke as well because he goes along with it. He's like he initiates the plan. Yeah. Like he he's doing it at every every time she wants something. There's that she he does it as well. Yeah. There's just a point where he does have like a cutoff point, whereas Busey is gonna yeah. go all the way. They tell the mom that maybe there was someone who heard, and they say it was maybe the Burgermatic girl, and then Jake convinces Luke somehow to get a job working at the Burgermatic, which is perplexing well, because be they already have jobs. Intensely, yeah, intensely easy to do. Yeah. And Yeah, well, I don't understand their jobs at the at the Air Air Force base, I guess. Is that what it is? They work for the Air Force? They work for the Flying National Guard. So they're not even real. Okay. They're not even like So the National Guard, they only get called out 
on emergencies or storms and like fires and stuff that's not even national guard right yeah national guard helps with that i mean if like there's a riot going on you call in the national guard but i don't even i'm not sure why they would even call these guys yeah i don't know what these guys would do also i don't know how they're able to just take the helicopters out without people noticing yeah it's weird one of the many plot holes this movie has but Luke Wilson gets a, of course he gets the job yeah, yeah. He, of course he gets a job well, at the yeah, burger Luke Wilson gets the job by simply walking um, in walking the door in immediately out the people he's right? like all right you're a soldier boy okay you were here which is weird because it's already a pretty well-staffed restaurant yeah it doesn't look there's, like there's upwards of seven people that already work there yeah crazy busy for like being in the middle of nowhere well I think this is like the one place in town. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you're right. We never, we don't see another place at any point. No, this it's is like one of the like, yeah, like this, this is like where the kids have their birthday road. party yeah. and everything. This is this or some road, dirt road. Yeah. So they hire well, because because you see because you see where the uh, where the Wilson brothers live is actually like a pretty decent name. They're like upper middle class. So I imagine they gotta have, but. I feel like this is know. like the wrong side of the tracks. What? Where does this take place? Do you think? I would say like Georgia. I don't think it is Georgia. I think it's more. I think it's a little more west than Georgia. You think what? Kansas? No, no. The colors. The colors weren't right for Kansas. I'm gonna say this could be like a. This could be like a Missouri. Hmm. Missouri. I'm I'm looking at the INDB. One of those states anything. that like nobody really thinks about. Yeah. If you, unless you live there. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So, again, we just were just talking about it. The there is a party at the Burgermatic for Drew on his first day. On his yeah, first right. day, and it's Drew Barrymore's little brother, and her mom, one of my saving Silvermans, Shelley Duvall. Always great to see the great Shelley Duvall. Always, always great to see her. A ge- honestly, a genuine pleasure, even in this like movie that was kind of a struggle for me. Yeah. So, <laughs> Luke Wilson has to dress up as Buzz, and uh, Buzz's whole thing is that he deliver he serves the food light and fast. So he's uh, oh right yeah like the whole thing that's the whole thing of Buzz is he's fast like a yeah. robot or something. So there's he, no corporate policy on what this fucking mascot actually is. No. So while he's oh, changing, while he's changing in the uh, the freezer, a man walks into the restaurant holding a shotgun and a pair of handcuffs. <laughs> I mean, he has a pair of handcuffs in his back pocket. And uh, why did he have that? I don't know. Is it because he gets arrested so often? <laughs> and he. St- Begins to hold up the burger matic, and uh, gets all the kids in the corner, and everybody seems like Shelley Duvall and Drew Barrymore like are kind of eye rolling him, like, "Oh God, here we go again." Well, they, Dad, they name drop him. They yeah. say Red. What do you? Is his name Red? His name's Red. 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 Why are you doing this again? And it turns out uh, that's her husband and Drew Barrymore's daddy. Her ex-husband, right. I think. I don't know. I think they're on again, off she again. Says, okay, well, she says she has a restraining order against him. I don't know. You can get a restraining order in this town. 
Well, I think you'd have to go to another town, which is what, which is really to speak to the seriousness of this man's drinking problem. Yeah. So, while Luke Wilson was getting changed, he um. He gets locked in the freezer. He gets locked in the freezer, and he also pulls his gun out because he starts banging his gun on the door. Why did he bring the gun? Because he was like planning to kill Drew Barrymore, Roy, or whatever. They were they were gonna kill both of them right away. That was the plan. That's a, the, yeah. And the looseness of the plans in this movie is <laughs> something that really got yeah. me. Very loose. But what can you say? They're just a couple of home fries. <laughs> Um, is that right? Does that work? I don't. I guess. What is home fries? Isn't really. You Google search home fries, you see home fries. Yeah, you see the dish. Um. So, Drew Barrymore's dad, Red, hears the knocking, and he goes to the um. To the freezer, he opens it, and Luke Wilson turns around to hide his gun, and he doesn't know who it is, and then he sees the shotgun, and he like was like, "Oh fuck." And Red brings him out to, he says, come here, Buzz. I need you to come entertain my child. Right. <laughs> and while, while, uh, his back was turned, Luke Wilson put a bullet in a burger <laughs> on that was on, that was on the, on, that on the griddle. And, uh, he home alone's this burger joint. He home alone's a burger joint. And when it goes off, he kicks Red right in the face. <laughs> I love that. Like, when when he pulls him out to do like the the character thing, he's like, "All right, Buzz, do that thing you do." No one really was clear about what I'm supposed to do other than move fast. I move like, faster. Does he serve burgers. <laughs> like, he's just like kind of like doing like karate moves towards the child. <laughs> so he knocks him out, and Drew Barrymore kind of cools down Luke Wilson because Luke Wilson had the gun pointer at him and he's like he's, he's a dumbass he's a nice guy then he then Luke Wilson sees that the gun wasn't even loaded right and uh so yeah I guess when Red, Red gets drunk he kind of does odd he does crazy stuff yeah he's a bad drinker so the cops show up and they put Ragged in the car and they take him downtown was he drinking because he wasn't invited to probably probably oh. wasn't a nice well, reason he wasn't drink? drinking because he was happy well, most people don't. <laughs> um, honestly, after this, nothing really happens. Well, she, I, she like sees not for a little, movie. yeah, yeah. She sees like, oh, you know, he's a nice guy. And then it kind of starts well, he, the budding oh, romance right. of him from right. Luke Wilson, she, like, and Drew Barrymore. To, like develop feelings for yeah. him. I think he. I don't know where he's at emotionally until he like outright tells us. Yeah. Because he's like kind of on the fence on both sides. Like, oh, she's a nice girl, but it's my mama and stuff. Yeah. Uh, we didn't. I don't think we explained, but that the person they killed wasn't their biological father; it was their stepfather. It was their stepdad. Yeah. And uh, so now, who he he was like the manager of the cigarette factory. So I think he's yeah. where like their wealth, their middle classness comes from. So they all then they start uh, Luke Wilson and Gary Busey. They both separately start investigating their dad, looking for the woman that he was cheating on. And they both right. they both search their dad's office at the cigarette factory. They find Luke Wilson finds pictures of Drew Barrymore. He hides them and burns them. Busey, wait, wait, wait! I think you've skipped ahead a bit. What do you? There's a right. there's not much missing. What about, isn't the doesn't the Lamaze class happen? 
I mean, yeah, the the, the budding romance that you know they yeah, go to the Lamas. That's the whole movie. You gotta cover the <laughs> you gotta cover the romance. So yeah, so he comes back to work the next day, and a guy is like being rude to Drew Barrymore. Oh yeah, he, he like, gets goes he threatens out and, him. like th- fucking threatens yeah, him threatens over them over the radio, and she's like, "What a hunk! He's he's so standing nice. up for me." And then and she's then like, she's "I like, gotta can go you to take a me Lamont? to my." She's signed up for a Lamaze class despite not having a partner and a car. What is Lamaze? Is that is that just a breathing? It's like a br- it's breathing techniques for birth. But is it for a home birth? No, I don't think necessarily. I think f- in order to do a home birth, you have to like have these techniques like in your back pocket. But I think it's for any kind of birth. Sidebar, Colton, have you ever seen videos on YouTube of at-home births in a bathtub or like a pool? No. Why would I look that up? <laughs> because it, there's a really interesting moment. What are you moment. doing on YouTube? There's a really interesting moment. Weirdo? There's a really interesting moment when the baby comes out and it's underwater and his little body starts floating up and it bobs like a little bobber. And they pick it up and they shake it and they slap it. <laughs> and then they go, right. it's you a real sound thing. sound like a serial killer right now. They're popular videos. Look them up. At-home births. They're hilarious. I will not. No. <laughs> what? No. Yeah, they're funny. <laughs> oh my god. AFV, America's funniest home home birth video. Because the women are screaming, they're cursing their husbands. Like they re- they come to the realization that Eric, this was such a horrible sound idea. Insane right now. It's a real thing. To this. I mean, you I'm not the only one who watches these. these. Yeah, they're they're hilarious. They're all over YouTube. All right, I'm gonna put a poll up on Twitter if you guys if you guys think it's completely normal to watch <laughs> at home birth. home birth videos at home birth. Uh, freak out! I think I'm great. gonna come out on the right side of history on this, and I'm gonna say no. <laughs> Those are uh, some great freak out videos. I don't. Hey, I don't want to shame you for putting your business out there, but whoa. <laughs> Wild, wild <laughs> revelation here today. It's funny. You're a fucking freak, dude. It's okay. So, so tell they me go about to the Lamaze class. They go to Lamaze class and they're doing the breathing, and then there's one breathing technique where uh, <laughs> he gets behind her and he puts his hands on her ginormous belly and he starts rubbing it, and then they, mm-hmm. they kind of have this sensual little moment together. It's a wildly sexual class yeah. that they are in. I mean, clearly it's meant to be an intimate class between two people who are having a baby together, but like uncomfortable to be around other people who are doing this. And they're all That's everybody was doing and having a great time. Well, Friday night. Friday night at the Lombas class, baby. Friday night. He takes her home, and he. he this is the moment. This is halfway through the movie. He realizes that he can't hurt this lady. He kind of likes her, and he doesn't know what. The, he's also confused because he also is like he, she's pregnant with his stepbrother. He doesn't know that yet. <laughs> yeah. He, oh yeah, he doesn't know that yet. But eventually, he. Uh, I would say not even. I think the scene he puts later it together when he goes to the funeral. That's when he yeah. figures it out. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. Because he goes to the office after she the funeral. shows up. She shows up to the. That's the next scene. Funeral. The next major scene is the uh, funeral, 
And right. she tells him that. No, actually, she doesn't. He she doesn't tell him. He finds out because when he get, when he requests a day off work, his boss tells him that. Oh, you know, Drew Barrymore requested this day off too. <laughs> That's not true. He doesn't know that. He doesn't know it. That she's yeah, he going does. To the funeral until she's no, he doesn't. We do because we see them both pull up and call out call the day off, but they don't like communicate to each other. It's not he doesn't know that that she who anything about what what's up with her until he sees her at the funeral. And then he like kicks a potted plant to try and distract his family from He seeing. also shows up to his stepfather's wake in his burgermatic uniform. Right, cuz yeah, there's the wake then the funeral. She yeah. doesn't go to the wake, she goes to the funeral. Yeah. Why does he show up in a burgermatic uniform? I don't know, somehow he thought that was okay. Why didn't he just like not go? And then he takes the jacket of a dead man in the morgue. Very funny. And then it, they, somehow it's it rips on they the back. Split down them. I think that's how they because they have to put the clothes on a dead person, so they only put they they funeral clothes are like split down the the back so that you can slip them onto a dead body. Yeah. Oh, you think is that what look, really? That's look, how they do it. Yeah. Go ahead and look that up on YouTube, you friggin' weirdo. <laughs> I put it yeah, on I my a really cool funeral prep blog. <laughs> rad, rad funeral home YouTube channel. Rad funeral. We'll dad. give you the TikTok funeral of your dreams. TikTok funeral dad. TikTok funeral dad. Here we go. Uh, so yeah. So that's how he figures out that that Drew Barrymore is actually the lover of his father. And he confirms it by straight up asking her, right? Or well, he gets the pictures too. Yeah. Or no. No, I, no, but he does he does straight up ask her. Um, and then he has the opportunity to tell her the truth and chooses not to because she tells him that that, that like the the name of of the father. And and then she's like uh cuz she says she's going to go see she's going to tell the tell his wife um because she's going to find out either way because of the pictures that are in the office. Yeah. And he's like, office. Oh, geez, my brother's going there. I got to get over there and get those there pictures there. And then he takes Drew Barrymore to see the uh, to see the, the Apache helicopter that killed her uh, How does boyfriend. he explain that, by the way? He doesn't, really. He just shows up. And he, then, he, like, then we see the, something? the other Hawk brother. What's his name? Ethan Hawke's John. brother, John Hawke. John Hawke. John Hawke. John Hawke has a little role where he plays a mechanic of the Apache helicopter, and he actually he, helps. He, He's he like, like oh, start on X Files too. Wow. He was an X Files guy. He's like, get on in there, Drew Barrymore, you pregnant bitch. <laughs> get on this helicopter. And she puts on the little helicopter helmet. Right, I remember he calls her a pregnant bitch. <laughs> you pregnant really bitch. <laughs> Like, oh, the tone of this scene could use some work there, Vince. <laughs> they have this really tender moment. Was, this uh, is, I think, this is the moment where he kind of, where they, where he kind of confronts her about, I think, her dad, and he's like, "Well, this is where they kiss for the first time." Yeah, and he said, and they kind of come. Yeah. Yeah. What is the? What makes them kiss in that moment? I don't know. That he's just a nice guy. And then so. she tells him, she reveals the fact of the, where the pictures are in his office. Right. Yes. He goes to get them. Busey is 
ends up there too. And right. uh, so he pulls he pulls all the ones he pulls all, yeah, out of the all the things, but then he finds a picture but of he doesn't pull the negative. Yeah, he pulls a picture of this of his uh dad's at a Christmas party with oh, what, God, with his coworker secretary. with his like secretary or coworker or whoever. And he, th- Busey thinks like, oh, that's a bitch who's sleeping with my dad. I'm going to kill her. <laughs> so uh, yeah. the way he plans to kill her is insane. <laughs> He's an insane person. Yeah. They he, track her down to her house. Her, her motor her home. And take they take a tank of CO2 with the rubber hose. And he, like, takes, what is it, the sewage pipe, the Drano pipe, whatever? Yeah, like... Yeah, he like disconnects her the drain from her toilet. Yeah, and Luke Wilson is following him while he's doing this, trying to talk him out of it because he knows because, yeah, it's he not. Tu- he tunnels under the house. Well, not tunnels, I guess. He just like D- breaks into the bottom yeah. part of the mobile home. Yeah. Break, uh, disconnects the sewer line, and just like runs a hose that's gonna like fill it up with. Fill it up, and she's gonna suffocate in her own motorhome. And. Uh, also, it is revealed that uh, this is just something that. Uh, Busey thinks about a lot is killing people. Kill, he's like, it's the perfect plan. It's like me and my uh, birthing videos. He's like, there doesn't anybody it's, think about this? It's comparable, Eric. I'm not sure <laughs> you're joking, but it is comparable. I don't know. I haven't, no, I don't, I haven't watched some of these birthing videos in a long time. This was something that was happening, I would say, around mm. 2019. It's when I first got into a a specific podcast that was watching these videos on their podcast, and I would watch them. (laughs) The way that Busey reveals that he's super into the the concept of killing people is the way that I have just been exposed to your love of home birth videos. I don't have a. I don't watch these videos. Sure. I mean, I could point you to direction of some of the fun. Okay. We're taking a little step back. I mean, I just watched them along. I watched them alongside this podcast that would watch these videos of them watching them. I just watched them for a little bit afterwards, and then. Were they compelling? I don't know. I'm not going to answer that. I'm going to play the fifth on that. Would you want to have a home birth? No. uh, No. They're terrible. No. Go. Go to the doctor. Go to the. uh, Go to the hospital. Get your drugs. And get your pain medication and deal with the birth like that. That's how you do it. Deal with it. Um, Go and get your drugs. So then Luke Wilson finally tells Busey that it's not her. It's this. It's a Drew Barrymore. That's and he's like, what? And they finally turn off the CO two tank. But she, the lady inside, Wait, he doesn't. No, no, no. He doesn't reveal who it is. He. I think he pieces it. He says like it's not her. He's no, like, no. He figured. No, no, no. He finds out because of the the mom goes through the photos and is like, okay, so there's four photos missing. Can you get me the negatives? And that's how they do it. Because the mom is smart and she's like, it's like, okay, I see that this, uh, like, she's like, obviously you shouldn't have tried to kill this secretary. I took this picture of them together. No, he, no, uh, Luke Wilson says that. He's like, who do you think took the photo? And he's like, right, but like. But they do bring that that information to the mom. She's like, "Yeah, you idiot! This is his secretary. She wasn't sleeping with her. She's a lesbian," and and uh, and then she's like, "But there are four photos missing. I'm gonna yeah. need the the negatives of that." And then they get and the negative. Yeah, they you're right. Yeah, but she passes out inside, and then Luke Wilson rushes inside and gives her CPR to revive her. She he does it successfully, but then he. He then he, he also, also gets asphyxiated from CO two and his brother has to carry him home, and this woman has no idea what's happened, <laughs> and she yeah. wakes up totally is like oh I don't know what happened oh, okay 
then next she wakes the up. next scene is the mom scene to explain the whole thing. Right. And uh, she she immediately but, recognizes who it is, doesn't she? And then she right. leaves. Yeah. And then he he is like, look, I love her as well. Like, this is a woman I've been dating. Yeah. Uh, or two times. This is the woman I took to a Lamaze class and saw my helicopter, I guess. I guess mm. that counts as two dates. Um, then but she's like, she is so deeply wounded by like her son hiding this from her that she like has like a mental breakdown. Yeah, and then Luke and then, Wilson has to go to Drew Barrymore and explain that you're, you know, it was my dad who you're sleeping with, and and then she kind of is like pissed. She's mad about it. And then she, yeah. and then uh, the mom comes. This is the misunderstanding. Yeah. Then know? then he goes and tells. Why we can't. Then he tells. Then they all find out who it is, and then. Yeah, I think there's a point where everyone's kind of on the yeah. same page. And then Catherine O'Hare is like debating on what to do, and Busey well, is she like. Decides, she decides to manipulate her dumber son, who she has already revealed is not the favorite. Yeah, and they lock they lock Luke Wilson in the closet, which I don't remember happening. I think I, I don't think she's in on that. No, that was definitely Busey locked him in the closet. I think Busey Busey has put this plan together because he wants to become the favorite son, and he thinks the best way to do that is to get rid of Drew Barrymore. But I think she is she has her own plan. I don't I don't I, think she's part of Busey's plan when yeah. she goes over to see. I don't Drew really Barrymore. get to see what her plan is, but. Cause like I think she always has in her back pocket that she could like manipulate Gary Busey or uh, Jake Busey into killing her, yeah. but like I think she had like I think she had another like motive or hmm. something, or she had like another plan. So Busey ties his brother up in his t- in, with duct tape, puts him in the closet, and Luke Wilson somehow escapes by like poach poking a he, finger through the drywall. Right. Yeah. And he then. Fingers his way. <laughs> Fingers his way to justice. And he drives all the way to Drew Barrymore's house, only to find his mother there being very oh, this nice. This is the first time we see, uh, we see Sober Red. Oh, too. yeah. Sober Red's here, too. And, uh, he's cool. Sober Red is fun. I like Red when he's sober. He seems like, like a fun guy. And Alcohol really just brings out the worst in him. Luke Wilson also has a giant freak out at this house. He like starts destroying well, yeah, their house. He, well, yeah, because he thinks that she poisoned that, them or something. Or that Jake Busey is trying to do the same uh, CO two leak. Yeah, routine. And then uh, we yeah, hear and then he's, the like, looking at all the different ways that you could die from things yeah. in the house if someone wanted to kill you, yeah. which got me thinking for sure. And then Buse, then we hear the thunderous roars of the Apache helicopter USA baby. Coming down, Gary Busey's gonna just torch this this poor house up with his Apache helicopter, and uh, Luke Wilson has Does to escape. Shoot? No, he doesn't shoot. He just like terrorizes them by flying really close to the ground. <laughs> and the, yeah, and then they decide to drive off. Drive off. But Catherine O'Hare is win in the, the car truck. with them. So Gary, so Busey is just like. Get mom out of there so that I can destroy you both. Well, he's yeah. actually he's actually kind of just like he wants them both to get out of there and just leave Drew Barrymore in the car. Yeah. Um, who is stressed out to the point of uh, activating her birth at this point. And then it's kind of this same kind of scene from the beginning. The she's kind of having a home birth. Just check yeah. any of your boxes. 
the home the, the Lamaze classes uh, could be a saving Silverman. We'll see. <laughs> what about when she actually is having the birth in the car? Does that do anything for you? No, no. It has to be like in a pool or like a body uh, of water. That's the only uh, home birth. So you've got very specific conditions. Yeah. Yes. Those are the best. Uh, he stops the car and his mom and brother are kind of like trying to con- she's trying to convince him to do it and he's like trying to convince her not to convince him not to do it and he eventually of well, course the mom gets out like, of the car playing a playing a scene where she's just like so in distress that she doesn't want to like play her hand and yeah. like like she clearly wants her son to kill this girl <laughs> yeah and her and his brother cuz his brother was in the state in the car yeah so she like does that she does like the She's like pretends to be so stressed out that she like leaves the car. Yeah. And, uh, and so we have uh, this is one. This is actually I know that I'll, I'll give you my highs and lows later, but this was this is a good scene for me. <laughs> he they he decides not to do it and he just flies off. He talks. He talks to. He, he talks they talk him out. Him out. He just like he's like you don't want to do this. You're a good person, Angus. You don't yeah, want to do there's it. There's tears. Tears are shed. Well, there's a lot of like you know he finally like exposes his mom to him. She's it's manipulating like, you, brother. She's like always doing this. No, always like win. manipulating us. If if we don't take a stand, she's gonna do it forever. Then we That's rush how you to the deal hospital. With manipulative parents, yeah. Eric. We just gotta like threaten. We gotta bring come close to death. You gotta get close to death. Steal an Apache helicopter. <laughs> Frighten somebody. Fall in love with a fall in love with a pregnant woman. Yeah, it's all the things that we must do. He takes the yeah. he takes her to the uh, emergency room. She has the baby, but also there's a scene when they're rushing her in. He and the nurse is like, "Are you the are you the father?" He's like, "Yes," and he she's like, "No, he's not." <laughs> she's like, and then he's like, "Is he a significant other?" He's like, "Yes," and she's like, I'm, "But I'm also the brother." But I'm. Yeah. <laughs> it's like this whole. Confusing it's, scene. It's like a who's on first yeah. scene, but it's like, what if who's on first was like while I was taking a huge shit? And then she has the baby successfully. It's a little boy, and it's a big baby. It's a big baby. It's a big it's, baby. It's a couple of weeks old. This baby. Oh, huge discrepancy for you. Like the fresh babes. I mean, it is not. It's unrealistic that that thing came out of her. <laughs> she's very pregnant. I don't know. It's a big baby. It's a big baby. That's a twenty pounder right there. I'm, I think I was a big twenty pounder. That's a Come twenty on, pound yeah. baby in this scene right here. It's a twenty pound baby. That's no way. Babies don't weigh that much. <laughs> babies will never weigh twenty pounds. Babies, babies could wear could wear seven layers of clothing and not weigh, weigh twenty pounds. Twenty pound baby. Big. He's like a big tuna fish, oh, and then I, the movie you know, ends. I, I, I know why you were saying that's because that baby was holding four meatball subs. <laughs> he was holding four meatball subs, and he was complaining about the uh, the horse races. Uh, okay, yeah, and so uh, the, he's trying to explain to the baby their relationship uh, because he truly doesn't understand it himself. And then Drew Barrymore wakes up. I'm, I'm speeding through here because we are deep in the pain here. Uh, Drew Barrymore wakes up and is like, it's okay if he doesn't understand it. He's a baby. We'll make him understand it. And the movie ends. ends yeah. 
It, it, like I would say, my my last saving Silverman, I would say, was like the setup of the somewhat interesting, could have been interesting X Files episode. I wasn't there. If there wasn't any points where I was bored per se, I was, I was definitely interested to see how it was all going to shake out. Um, and they kept introducing aspects that I was like, oh, I wonder what that's going to lead to. Um, but none of it was like terribly fulfilling, I guess. No, I agree. Uh, my high point uh, was definitely the standoff uh, in the, the between the car and the helicopter. Uh, that was, I think, that was a, a good scene. Uh, my low point, hundred percent, is the Lamaze class uh, because it's just way too intimate. These two people, they've only like known each other for like, fast day, food pretty, coworkers. Two, two days, they're coworkers, and she has brought him here to this like deeply sensual class where they're supposed to have like this insane personal connection he's supposed to rub on her belly and then they're like slow dancing i'm like this doesn't seem like helpful it's very weird and i i was uncomfortable in it and i know it was meant to be charming and it just didn't charm me at all um now eric before we move on i wanted to introduce a new segment that i thought you might like uh, I don't have a name for it, but I basically want to ask you, how would you improve this movie for yourself? Um, I want to add a bit of mystery to it. Mm. I mean, there's Some like... Mystery, uh, it, gets, it gets pretty tacked away pretty quick, though. Yeah, I don't know. I would have expanded the world a little bit, of, except this, I don't know, this, like I hated the, uh, the country just being in like these shitty fucking poor ass white people town it's kind of like there's no flavor to it it felt very bland i would have added some sort of texture Much to like it. home fries yeah uh I, maybe take her on a date to the big city or something i don't know here's what i thought uh would improve it is uh because i think this was written to kind of be the start of an x-files episode uh, I think it would be interesting if you included like oh, and like uh, an FBI a character, stand-in. yeah, yeah, like a character who's investigating, like yeah, what happened weird, here? Like, like what do you ta- like? What do you like? This the the copter was missing for like three hours, yeah, and then a guy died. Like, yeah, I think if there was like a looming presence of like the law closing in on what they were doing, yeah, but there was never any threat of them getting yeah. caught. Yeah. At any point. Yeah. Uh, that was just, they only thought that they might get caught. There was just no evidence to support that. Yeah. So I think with like a, with like a, yeah, like kind of walk around uh, FBI character, I think it would be, I think that would put me in a better spot for this. I agree. Uh, so I had to uh, watch a movie called... This means war. It's a 2012 American action spy love movie uh, directed by McGee. God, fuck that guy. <laughs> Produced by Will Smith. Hmm. I could tell. It stars Reese Witherspoon, Chris Pine, and Tom Hardy. Ostarkist. Um, it is. It is, to be honest, a very all starry cast. Uh, the problem is I did not like it very much. Um, so I'll give you where I got up to. It's basically there are two spies. 
uh, Chris Pine and Tom Hardy, who play FDR and Took. Um, and they are just kind of two bros who work together and they love their spy jobs. Um, so weird. Are they brothers? But they, they are not brothers from what I can tell. They're close. Um, they do have last names in this in this uh, summary that I'm looking at, though. Uh, Franklin FDR Foster and Tuck Hansen. So they are not brothers. They no just worked works. together for a long time, and they're kind of the top of the class at the CIA. Yeah. Um, which doesn't look at all how I imagine the CIA actually looks. Um no, looks, uh... And they are, it's basically, they are approaching the world of dating so differently. <laughs> um, and yet they both still end up dating the same woman, uh, Reese Witherspoon, who is a product tester uh, person who is having trouble um, bouncing back from her last relationship. And feeling the pressure of being a woman in her 30s. Uh, so it's... the problem, it's, it's truly is just like a spy versus spy. Uh, where the prize is a human woman. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> it sucks pretty bad. Uh, I yeah. um, the, pro- the problem is it's so clear that like... Um, Tom Hardy's Tuck character is a much more likable person and the only one that's even like near to decent despite he did they did also they did still enter the agreement with each other of whoever wins the woman gets the woman which sucks so bad which is such a shitty premise that I think a lot of these kinds of movies that we'll run into are just like betting (laughs) women betting the trafficking of a human soul yeah uh, so that sucks, and maybe they address it at some point, but I oh, really yeah. you know didn't get the time. vibe that they did, because, uh, I didn't get to the very far in. I got maybe, maybe 35, 40 minutes in, um, cause I, we got, I got through the first big date with, uh, with Tuck, Where and they then go. there was the, the first big date with, um, FDR, and he was just being the worst. It was just like he was like an unlikable asshole who was just like, it's like, look, I know women. I could get with women. I can get you women. It's like, fuck you. And then basically she has to pretend to be into that because she runs into her ex who is so into his new fiance. That she feels obligated to try and one-up them. And because of that, she puts herself... She she is in a situation where she is pretending to be very into FDR. Who sucks shit through a plastic straw. And I I couldn't really... I'm like, oh, this is like... The, blech, no thank you. Uh, I do not care for this man. And uh, I, am, I don't like that I have to see this woman be around this man. Uh, so I tapped out. And uh, as my punishment for having mm-hmm. taste to leave McGee in the dust, I had to do something I never thought I would. And I had to watch 
<laughs> um, an episode of True TV's ongoing, long-running series, uh, The Impractical Jokers. It's the crown jewel of the True TV catalog. These these boys, and I call them boys because they are not men. <laughs> they, they are, are not boys. men. <laughs> they are boys who have True TV so firmly by the nards. They can do I don't whatever they think want. we will ever be rid of them. In fact, no. they had a movie. Dude, they have cruises year, where they sell out a cruise. Show, but I see no yeah. end in sight. Oh. I can't even imagine what being on an impractical Joker's cruise would be like. I would sink it, I think. <laughs> it's going down. The, the Joker's okay, cruise. Yeah, yeah. Can you imagine? That's like the big prank is like they try and convince you that they, they, they like... The, you the know they did that. You know that. You know they did adventure. that. You know, like they, like you like, know they did that. We tricked you. Oh, we tricked you. This is actually just oh, a room that flips upside down. Oh, we got you. So let me pull up my uh, my page for the dedicated. We tried to find a love Joker's episode too. Fandom wiki. Yeah, we did find an episode um that we thought would relate to love called the love expert it does relate to love at the very yeah. end they don't, i think uh, it's like that's how they title the episodes they just uh take the I last know, bit I the, could, last, the last the last bit and they just uh they, that's how they do it how they formulate these things this was a so as i understand it these are four guys i want to say from new jersey i don't know uh <laughs> <laughs> they they're from New York, are, Long Island, New Jersey, the tri-state from, that tri-state of, area. From, they're from the tri-state area. They are um, not traditionally handsome. They uh, all That's have nice to say. specific sense of humor. Uh, a specific sense of humor. They share it. It is, um, I would say. They love prank culture that is between America's Funniest Home Video and Eric Andre. Mm. So on the verge of possibly being watchable, uh, but not quite there. Um, these are guys who love laughing at their own jokes, and I love that. They love to laugh, and they love to love. They live, they laugh, they love. And love is the main thing here. So let's get into what this episode is about. First of all, let me break down the Jokers for you. Um, Salvatore, Sal Volcano, uh, I believe he is the only one of a non-white ethnicity. Uh, and I think he's assimilated to a point where it's not even something that well it does come up in the episode no uh he's vehement about denying that he is mexican so sal volcano yeah wow that's crazy it's volcano spelled different than you than it usually is it's with a u like vulcan Mm. so he might be he might just be very italian (laughs) then there is james mer murray Murray. Uh, don't remember him. Don't remember which one he is. <laughs> and then there's Joseph. Joe Gada. Um. Yeah, he's one of the white guys. <laughs> this guy sucks. This then, is Joe. 
Gatto sucks beyond and, belief. And he is offensive. No, Joe Gatto is the one that loses and has to do the uh, has to do the the love the titular love expert prank. Uh, he and then there's Brian Q Quinn. Q is the one with the long hair and also wears a hat usually. He's the cute one, I guess. No, none of these guys are cute. None of these guys are the funny ones. So one of them gets to be the cute one. Um, so they all have varying degrees of the same personality that is to be... They're like morning zoo crew guys who just got let out of the studio. Um, and they are inflicting mayhem on uh, mostly confused... Uh, people of color. <laughs> In this episode, maybe it changes throughout the series. I don't imagine it does. Um, okay, so let's get into what the love expert is. The love expert is the twelfth season, the twelfth episode of the second season of Impractical Jokers. Uh, it's the 29th overall. In case that matters to you, uh, 29th overall uh, episode. What the 29th overall episode? Yes. That is really high for what we watched. The seasons are long. Wow. This first aired in uh, January 24th, 2013. So it did come out just slightly after my other assignment of This Means War. So these two are very much in the same mindset. I think McGee would definitely make an appearance on Impractical Jokers, and I guarantee you that the character of FDR loves watching Impractical Jokers. Um, so there were four challenges in this one, if you could call them that. Um, <clears throat> the challenge number one was called Debate and Switch. I think they've done this one before so 29 episodes in we're already recycling bits uh okay so basically this one is uh they have to walk around a mall and there's two of them walking together and they have to convince uh people that their side of an argument is correct but the the argument that they get comes through an earpiece from the other two guys uh one of them was which one of us is uglier? The other one was, which condition is worse, my foot fungus or his full body lice? Ugh, it was disgusting. And then I think the tiebreaker was, uh, oh, they tried to they tried to make a, a a black guy look stupid, and it was bad. I didn't like looking at it. They're talking about cold fusion, something I'm sure they know a lot about. Cold fusion, you know, we had a cold fusion is how we do it. Is, oh God, it, it, like they're all participants. This is, I guess, a Saving Silverman because I do have to put Saving Silverman's fourth for this. All participants have the exact body language of a hostage. Um. They're they are hostage to the worst morning DJs in Long Island. They are no one like the, all of the responses. No one is like enthusiastically like yeah, all right, cool, yes, okay. Everyone is like yeah, okay, all right. Uh, I guess you. Um, you're the one. 
Yeah, I didn't like. Didn't like it. Didn't like it. Second challenge, quote unquote, is called Dancing Fools. Ugh. Now, this was a fun one that was all about homophobia. <laughs> and it's all about Sal and Q competing to see if they can get through. A day. They're going to instruct a tango class, but they have to say everything that the other jokers tell them to say over their earpiece. Are you seeing a common theme here? I am. Because that is what they do in every one of these chapters. It's all that is. It's all it is. That's all the yeah. show is. It's basically sell- telling the same joke twice and then waiting for a reaction that they don't get. Um, so every time they say one of these like abs- like mildly absurd things that the the other pranksters tell them to say they also will make a face like someone is making them say this like something's clear they turn their head down and they're like they're like <laughs> i can't believe i just said that oh jeez and so my second saving silverman is Clearly, everyone has to know that they are on TV because of these guys' dumb faces. Um, there is no tension. There's no stakes. Nothing matters. Nothing. There's no tension because everyone is aware of this. Um, and I think that's probably my third saving Silverman is the fact that I became vehemently aware that there's no tension because everyone would instantly know that they're on a prank show. They might as well wear the Impractical Jokers hat um, in every one of these. <laughs> You're on TV. Camera there. Camera there. Yeah, I think this is the main thing that like is like what Eric Andre parodies, which good. He does a great job parodying it because his go too far and these are dumb. Uh, the third... Oh, God. The third challenge is um, called Cheap Seats. And basically, oh, this is one that did, that didn't have a, an earpiece situation. Uh, this was a, this is more of like an improv game uh, where they had to walk around Times Square with two tickets to a Broadway show that they had to get they had to get someone to take by convincing them that the only problem was, they didn't know what the name of the show was until they opened the envelope and then they had to sell whoever they were giving the tickets to on the show based on the title alone. And so you've got a lot of fun puns like uh, one of the only one that I can really remember is a show called Mike Tyson Tells You About Pigeons, uh. which was kind of funny I mean, because that's a he did man? have a show where he talked about pigeons. Is that um, where we're at? I don't know. This was, what's that? Is this where we're at? That that's a saving Silverman. I guess. I, I if it is, then that's gonna that's gonna tap out all the saving Silvermans, uh, and I still have two sections left to go on this episode. Um. <clears throat> Yikes. So, uh, in case you were were wondering, uh, the winner was. Q, I guess, because Sal lost. Um, yeah, because Sal had the punishment. They have some in. kind of, they have like some kind of tournament bracket for these that doesn't make any. Doesn't sense. make any sense. Uh, I, it doesn't make sense how they determine the loser. Um, 
But the next prank is called It's Training Men. Uh where this is another this is another kind of this one verges on homophobia a bit because it's all about them being trainers in a gym. And then again, they have to do what the people in their ear tell them to do. And it's mostly stuff that's like, whoa, wouldn't it be funny if I was gay, bro? And, uh... <laughs> wouldn't it be uh, funny if I was They basically do that to a bunch of men who are just trying to work out at the gym. And, uh... I don't know who won, but it says the loser here was Joe. Uh, Joe Mama? So... Joe, your your least favorite Joker, Joe. I hate that guy. Joker. So I guess they determined through this bracket that Joe was the overall loser and should face punishment. Uh, and the punishment is the titular love expert, where Joe goes up into a crowd who has accepted free tickets to a talk about interacting with the opposite sex um and he does he gets up there instead of giving that he's going to read questions from the audience but what he doesn't know is that the jokers have put most of the (laughs) questions in there and they're all funny and that's the the punishment is he has to say yes to all of them that's so funny, Colton. <laughs> Colton, I hope you know, like, Impractical Jokers will stay on this punishment wheel for I the end of days. No, it will. It's not coming up. There's too much. There's too much we can go through on that. So we're, it's staying there. It sucks. So some of the questions that he has to say yes to is that I heard a rumor that you have a relationship with a 103-year-old woman, and he has to say yes. We talk about World War One and World War Two a lot. It's very funny. <laughs> you know what this feels like? Like they feel like they're as funny as the clown in a circus. I would say even yeah, less funny. It, well, you know what? No, it's like if that if that clown could also talk. This is the kind of yeah. stuff that He's like, they would hey, like. Do. You know, like that the clown they they get for kids at a birthday party. Hey, my name is Bozo. Blah, blah, blah. He's like, he takes out right. and starts doing balloon animals. They're as funny as that, and that's it's well, it's like the, it's like they got that guy, and they're like, all right, so th- tonight you're not actually working so, an eight year old. Yeah, Joe, you're, you're gonna be like working the frat yeah, house yeah, party. Yeah, Joe, you're gonna be at the frat He's house. Like, oh, okay. He's like, yeah, but still keep it PG thirteen. Okay. And it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, so I, I guess the punishment was he was mildly embarrassed in front of some people who knew he was part of a TV show. Yeah. Um, I thought a more suitable punishment would be that uh, if each episode ended with uh, whoever lost these pranks having to eat a full plate of human shit. Not <laughs> uh, <laughs> Colton, that's a TV show. <laughs> now that's a TV show. That is a TV show. Uh, that would be true TV for me. Uh, event television. I'd watch all 800 episodes that I'm sure exist. Uh, so, yeah, I didn't like uh, the Impractical Jokers. None of them uh, really uh, <laughs> made themselves lovable in my eyes. They all seem pretty hard to watch. Um, I guess 
I think it would be fun if they did at some point have to um, kill one of them and like try and cover it up on air. And that was like yeah. a prank the producers pulled on them. They're like, we're sick of these guys like pulling all these pranks on us. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to convince them that they – we're going to roofie them and convince them that they killed, uh, let's say, Q. Q. And Q, Q's obviously in on it, so I guess he would be the winner there. But uh, that that would be funny, I think, if they all think that they committed murder. Now that now now that'd be something. That would be so funny, uh, so funny. Uh, and so, uh, do you remember any of any of Joe's other love uh, love confessions? Wasn't the uh, wasn't one that like. The last one was pretty bad, right? The last one was the hundred-year-old woman. That's where he drew the line. That was the last one. Wasn't there one where he's like he like he admitted there was, there was one in the middle where it's like, it's like I heard that you believe that all women oh, are irrational. That one's pretty bad. Do you believe that? One's that? Bad. And it's like a room full of like mostly like older women, the kind of people who would accept free tickets to a love doctor thing. And he has to, like, say that, yes, he believes that all women are irrational. And it's like, cool. Like, they don't riot. They don't, like, even... They don't even see no, you know The crowd sits dead-faced. <laughs> it's like, there, they, there is this one... Happening? I would say my high point for this whole debacle was there was this one older black gentleman sitting there. And, like, you could, like they would cut to him. And you can tell that he knew this whole shit. Well, like, this was fake. And this was for a TV show. He was, like, like eye-rolling and face-palming his face. Like, this is so embarrassing. Like, yeah, it's exactly the reaction you would realize when you've, like, realized you've it's been like, tricked into being on Impractical Jokers. It's like, fuck. God, Colton, if you ever, if you ever like, go, if, you, if you're ever in New York and, like, you just, you're walking down Times Square and, and you see If Joe I get tricked into being down. Impractical Jokers... <laughs> No, if like you just see they're doing one of their tricks. Like how they look, I don't understand how they could even still be going with this because they have distinctive flute fugly ass faces and I can't like this this show is the only thing keeping true TV alive. I'm sure people can recognize this face. Even Eric Andre can't do this shit anymore because people recognize him. How can fucking Joe Gatto be walking <laughs> Joe around Gatto. downtown and be like, hey, you want to answer my question? And people be like, no, get away from me, you fucking joker. <laughs> he is a joker. <laughs> away with you, joker. Away with you. Away with you. I don't know, man. This is... They, again, they are of probably the biggest... Of all the jokers the biggest... I've had to watch, these are by far my least favorite. Like, it's the biggest, like... Jared Leto's a better joker, I think... And the, um, probably, probably Joaquin's a better Joker. Yeah. They're at least practical Jokers, you know. Yeah. These guys are impractical. These are impractical. I would. It's just not practical what they're doing. It's like, I, I, although I, if it was so impractical, how would they make it last so long? Yeah. It's it's very much like as we say, we're bringing back X Files, bringing it back home. I would. It's like I I have no idea why the show is so popular. It's like it's to me, it's like the biggest mystery on television is how you don't did know why they X-Files get this? Was popular? I don't know. You don't know why X Files? No, is no. Why this is why impractical? Uh, why this yeah. is like the new X Files? Yeah, this is like the new X Files. Impractical Jokers is the X Files. It's a hot take. I know. 
The X heads are going to get on me for this one this week. Just so I can get a clean quote for our <laughs> for our quotes page, Eric, you were saying that Impractical Jokers is the new X Files. Yeah. Okay. Quote it. Bank it in. Uh, how would you improve the show? Oh man, I would add like again, like I would add like the whole like, oh you failed, oh you're eating a plate of human garbage. <laughs> you're doing. Yeah, I'm, I think if you mixed impractical jokers and fear factor yes. together, I think I would prefer that. Yeah, like if you fail, you have to do some like awful punishment, like in Silent like, Library. I don't want you to be embarrassed. I want you to be broken. Yeah. If they were just like, oh, you have to eat a uh, uh, Sal, you lost. Now you have to go tell your mother that you hate her. <laughs> Hi, mom. I fucking hate you. I fucking hate. But then they would make that dumb face afterwards. It's like someone's crying. Why are you joking with me? Who's making you say? But you know, like, like they they are such. They are such like. I don't know. There's such melt toast that like if you even bring that, I'm like I would never do that. I would not do it for the show. I would never do that to my mother. Bring me the plate. If they presented the option of like saying you hate your mom or eating the plate of shit, I think they would. Yeah, I'm ready to eat a plate of shit to go tell my mother. Bring the shit. Bring the shit. I'm gonna eat this. Ma, I love you. I love you, mom. Oh no, no. Oh, it's so bad. Who shit? Who shit? (laughs) Q, did you do this? It was me. You you can stop eating the shit if you correctly guess who's which impractical joker shit it is. <laughs> That's the game. Whose shit is it? Whose shit is, is it? it? <laughs> uh, so yeah, um, I think that's all I want to say about the impractical jokers. Um, I'm sure they live very full lives, and God uh, bless them. Don't care that we don't care about them. Yeah, we're not the demo. I'm not sure what the demo is for this. I don't know what the demo is. I think, uh, you know what, oh, Colton? I, I will say this. I will say this. This is this, this, now this New York. Now this will perplex you. There's this girl I follow okay. on Instagram, and she's a quite an attractive girl. She's like a goth girl, and she she does tattoos that and stuff. That doesn't perplex me at all. So. Eric. She is in love with Sal from the Impractical Jokers. She's okay, like so Sal. Sal is the one who kind of looks like Penn Teller's illegitimate son. Yes, right? she's like I would. Or Penn Gillette. She, not Penn, she Penn posts Teller. pictures on her Instagram of Penn like Gillette. she posts pictures of like of him and with hearts all around it. Like I love does Sal. He, does he do a lot of like charity work? Outside he's like stand up comedian. I know he's a like he's a, the most successful stand up comedian out of the group, or is like the stand up comedian she, of the group. Is she like a Long Island girl? No, she's like from she's like from Alaska. Huh, I guess the standards of beauty. I don't know. She were up there. Can't be. She same, she right? like she, you don't see as many people. She, she I guess, but it's like she uh, she's and she's living somewhere in the West Coast. She's not living in Alaska now, but it's just like she posts pictures well, of like, oh, I love Sal. Sal so is the funniest and practical Joker. Well, I guess that just goes to show you, Eric, that we don't there's know. someone out there for everyone. You know, but we just don't know what the who you this might show not is be reaching. Everyone's cup of tea, but you're definitely someone's cup of tea, and mm. that's you know that's actually a, a positive thing. I would love to hold on to. I'm gonna go out of this week's challenging episode with that in mind. That uh, that you're everyone is someone's cup of tea. What's that song? Everyone is somebody's. Something. Everybody <laughs> needs somebody, somebody to love. 
Now, Colton, what are this we watching Jim Belushi this week? impression. All right, so the love wheel's coming out. Chugga chugga choo choo. Here it goes. Spin a ding a ding dong. Those <laughs> are the same thing, right? Flubba lubba ding dong. Flubba lubba ding dong. Oh, you're going to love this. You get to watch Good Luck Chuck. I've seen that already. Okay. He's been it again. <laughs> yeah, he's been it again. I've already seen that. I've seen it like twice. And you get to watch The Family Stone. All right. Something I haven't seen, at least. I believe that's a Sarah Jessica Parker picture. Some people love that movie. The Family Stones. All right. What, what, if- uh, what punishment will you be facing if you cannot make it through The Family Stone? <sighs> Haters back off. We got to expand our wheel. <laughs> there's, there's. We have almost seen everything, everything impossible. on this list. Okay. Well, then I think it's time for some fresh meat. We may need to add, get a little more creative with like what we consider punishment. Yeah. And, like go to YouTube. You make me watch like a home birth video or something. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I could do that. I, I, I actually don't want that. <laughs> I don't want that. that? <laughs> I, I don't want that so badly. I want that not to be an option. Okay. Okay. Um, all right. I'm going to spin my wheel now. Here we go. Okay. Okay. So I get to uh, enjoy a pretty recent movie, actually. Uh, the f- the the movie What Men Want. Oh my God! Is that with um, Taraji P? Taraji. Taraji, Taraji P. P. I believe uh, Erica Badu makes an appearance as well. Oh boy! I think Erica Badu is the Tony Robbins of that. Oh wait, no, that's Shallow How. Yeah, Shallow How. How does he get the the here lady's mind power? <sighs> Mel Gibson in, in what women want. I think he hits his head or something, or he falls, or oh, doesn't he get electrocuted <gasps> in like yes. the tub or something? Yes, yes. Oh my god, what a wild! My movie. dad loves that movie. I believe that about your my dad, dad. Like was is a was a really big Mel Gibson guy. He's a huge Mel Gibson apologist. No, no, he what, doesn't what, defend when him. Did, when did he tap out? I think he, you know, like we you know when he would just went away. and He stopped making movies. Like then. If you think you show, you think if you showed your dad Fat Man, no, you like it, no. Like my dad loves. Like it's too late. You can't recapture the. My movie. dad loves Braveheart. That guy loves Braveheart. Braveheart loves the Patriot. Is, a, is like such a dad movie. It is, and he loves the Patriot. Like my dad, like is into oh, the that. Patriot sucks. My dad loves that a, classic, like, awful movie. Classic Mel Gibson shit. All right. Does he like the Passion? He loves the Passion. He doesn't love it, but he's he does own it on DVD. He loves the Passion. I'm pretty sure he watches it at least uh, every Easter, every other Easter, he watches it. Uh, I believe that. All right, so what's my punishment if I don't finish What Men Want? I'm actually interested in finishing What Men Want, so. It is The Real O'Neills. Oh. Okay. So that's the, uh, that's that Fox failed to come. I feel like that's going to be an easy out for me, but I want to get through What Men Want. I want to get through it. I do now that I'm looking at this poster for the Family Stone. I do remember the trailer for this movie. I only remember her to point in the trailer where she drops like a like a roast of some kind. Yeah. 
Like she has like a one like a glass pan that she drops, and that's it. That's all I. Remember I don't know. This movie like does her. have my dude Craig T. Nelson in it, so um. Craig T. Craig T. They coach. Got coach. They got coach, baby. <laughs> coach is making an appearance this week. I love that. We should game. put coach on the wheel. Why? It's a good shot. <laughs> I've never seen an episode. I've never seen an episode. It probably doesn't hold up. Very well. uh, you know, I'll put it on here, but I, it, look, I probably would like it because I love Craig T. You'd love Coach. All right. All right. Well, thank you for tuning in. As always, one more uh, week of we this love, man. Of this love, love. One more love week, and then we'll next week we'll announce our new theme for March, uh, and uh, we'll we'll make love one last time on on the air for you. And then we'll give birth to our beautiful child. Then, that is much month of March. He'll do a he'll do a home birth. I will not be watching. I'm gonna be in the in the in the other room with a cigar, like a 1950s dad. Pretending like it's not even happening. Uh, yep. All right. Thank you. Bye.